This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Salesman Podcast, hosted by Will Barron and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Look, if you work in sales, want to learn how to sell, and frankly, who doesn't? Check out the Salesman Podcast, where host Will Barron helps sales professionals learn how to find buyers and win big business in effective and ethical ways. And if you want to start someplace, I recommend the four-step process to influencing buying decisions. Listen to the Salesman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance and my guest today is Bob Glazer. He's the founder and chairman of the board of global partner marketing agency, Acceleration Partners. He's also the co-founder and chairman of Brand Cycle. He's been a guest on this show for previous books, but today we're going to talk about his newest book, Moving to Outcomes, Why Partnerships Are the Future of Marketing. So Bob, welcome back. John, thanks for having me. So you've written a book called Performance Partnerships, as I yeah. recall. So let's define, well, let's do two things. Let's define partnerships in your view, because there's a lot of definitions. And then also, you know, what are you offering new in the area of partnerships in this book? Well, I just retitled it, figured it had been a while and, <laughs> and, and released it. So yeah, I, there, there's some confusion around these terms, partner marketing, partnership marketing, affiliate marketing, and you have influencer and B2B. I, I think there is this convergence where affiliate marketing was a model that used technology to, to work with partners at scale. I think it became known as like a certain type of partner set who were like professional affiliates. And then as the technology kind of became available more to, you know, to own than, than, than to rent, People started to look around their organization and say, oh, there are other things. They weren't using their affiliate network for business development partnerships and closely held partnerships because it, it just the economic model of paying, you know, a couple percent of revenue or 20 or 30 percent of sale or sort of sending people off to a third party site didn't feel right for that. So there was always the affiliate program and then all this other partner stuff in business development. I think now it's all coming under one roof, under one platform. So I just consider affiliate marketing part of this greater ecosystem of partnership marketing now, which includes influencer and B2B and aspects of business development. What makes it scalable and more of a marketing channel is that it's managed using software. The term partnership, of course, for a lot of people, at least implies some sort of affinity. I mean, we are truly in business together. Whereas yeah. I think a lot of affiliate thing was like, I don't care. You say you'll pay me 10 bucks. Sure, I'll promote. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the word for that reason. In <laughs> fact, you know, we have an event every year for outside of global pandemics for like the top 20 programs in the world, the people that are running them, sort of like yeah. a mastermind. And that was one of the things like when they say, look, I need this for an affiliate versus yeah. I need yeah. these things for a partner Affiliate just implies a loose connotation. And that's probably how things were 20 years ago. Like, don't ask, don't tell, right? Yeah. You get me the sale, I have no right to ask you how you got it. That was before companies with brand departments got involved with e-commerce. So is there, would we create that distinction as two levels of partnership? I mean, so like, could you, could you make a case for people saying, well, yeah, we it's okay to have that low level top of the funnel, maybe kind of affiliate thing, but then for a deeper relationship on a, maybe a higher ticket sale, we need something different. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's generally good to know, like, what it is that people are doing to your brand and how sure. they're doing it. You know, when McDonald's has a franchisee, like, it's not like, hey, well, just open that store wherever you want it and serve whatever you want, right? It, it's very controlled. And I, I consider this sort of a, a franchise thing. But I think you can have different types of partners that have different levels of engagement otherwise. But again, if you put them all on the same software platform and you start doing that with people that stuff that was going through business development or otherwise, you start to have a lot more data around what's working, what's converting, what's doing well. Partners find out how they're doing in, in, in real time too. And all the, all you don't need blockchain for this, but you know, right. a lot of the, all the contracting and payment and everything is all handled sort of in real time too. So in some ways, the idea of moving to outcomes, which is, of course, the, the primary title of the book, is that sort of juxtaposed to, say, advertising or sponsorships that you hope you get outcomes well, that, that yeah, this it, model it, is performance? It's two things, right? So the biggest thing that's changed since Performance Partnerships came out four years ago is, you know, continue to sh see direct-to-consumer companies shift from brand to performance budget. So, so what I don't understand, and, you know, we've got our little clever graph here, of, you know, jumping over all the hurdles, yeah. but is if we're measuring all this stuff and we're tracking and all this stuff, why are we still paying for inputs? Why are we paying for impressions? Right. Why are we paying for clicks? Like, why are we paying for, you know, other things that are not the ultimate outcome that we want when we have the ability to do that? And I think as budgets continue to move, you know, as Gillette goes from, you know, spending money on billboards to getting people to its subscription razor club, I, I think they start to be, there's a lot more budget available for channels that prove the right outcomes than just the inputs. It is, as opposed to just another channel, would you say this is potentially a complete point of view shift for a lot of marketers? Yeah, like it, it's a methodology more than a yeah. channel, right? Yeah. So when I'm buying from Facebook, Amazon, Google, which is like, 60 to 70% of the market that people do today, I'm buying single source of traffic, right? Yeah. That that stops working. They are the partner and the supplier are all in one. If I can build a partner program using software with a thousand different partners with a thousand different tactics, I, I have inherently a, a diversified portfolio. It's also not something, I mean, you know, we talk about the, the triopoly where that like it's the world's biggest auction talk yeah. about that in the book. It is a real-time auction and auctions benefit sellers. You read all kinds of auction theory and data and someone did a study we talked about in the book that the stuff on the auction side of eBay, the same products were going for 70% more than on the fixed price side. So, <laughs> you know, that you can't come into a partner program and just outspend someone in a day. I mean, eventually you can, but it, it's kind of like SEO versus PPC, right? One pour the money, instant gratification. The other, you do the work and you build a moat and you kind of collect results. So I think there are a lot of businesses out there that instantly say, yeah, this is for me. This makes sense for my business model. But I, I'm sort of guessing that you're saying, no, everybody needs to do this. This will work for any kind of business. I mean, so is this expanded? Do you have a limited range of who the, this expanded version works for? Or do you think that this is just every business now? I think it's every business needs to add this sort of activity to their portfolio. I, I think about it like stocks, right? And, you know, if, if you own Tesla, Apple, any of these things over the last decade, you made a lot of money. Chances are you won't make as much money opening those stocks over the next decade as finding the next blockchain company or crypto or someone who's going to, you know, 10x. I, I think the large digital marketing channels are now bonds. Like they're going to produce a very 
low, predictable, not a great return, may not even you know beat inflation. And, and, and you're going to have to find something else that 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 is your sort of growth engine in the stock. So, it, look, this is much easier for some businesses, but I think all businesses should be thinking more about how they can use technology to to scale partnerships. Now, they can be there are tons of hundreds of thousands of different ones that they can do. But you know, the amount of CEOs I've talked to who in the last five years built their business on a triopoly or on social media or whatever, and say they could not possibly do that today, that the economics just yeah. aren't the same as they were five years ago. Uh, that's true. I mean, you think of a lot of marketers or a lot of uh, influencers, you know, that jumped on Twitter early, you know, that, I mean, jumping yeah. on Twitter or starting a blog today is not what it was 15 years ago. And no, I, every, everyone thing. I know is, I, everyone's podcasts, maybe, yeah. you know, except for yours, are all on hiatus now. Everyone jumped in late, thought yeah. it was going to be super easy. And, you know, they reach out or they schedule something and they're on break or on hiatus. You know, look, first first mover advantage. But, but this is like a the thing about affiliate or partnership that's always been cool is that if there's always new publishers every year. Like there, that's the new within the, even if you have a program, but you have the same publishers for 20 years, you're missing out on who's doing cool, new, innovative yeah. stuff with who has influence that you, you know, want to partner with them. So you led right to my next question, which was going to be, how do I find partners? Or before you answer that, is that the first step? There, there are probably a few first steps. I mean, if you're going to build a new program, you want to pick the platform, you want to figure out how you're going to staff it, which we talk about in the book, which is is a challenge. But look, rec recruiting is the lifeblood of any program. The way a lot of people have operated their program is inbound only, right? Imagine if you had a sales team that just sat around and waited to see who called them. Like that's not going to be a high performing sales team. So, you know, to have a robust program, you need people who are hard recruiting and know where to look and are constantly calling and finding new partners. You know, the programs that we see that are high performing are reaching out to hundreds of people a month, you know, and they, it's like a sales funnel. They might get 10 that are really interested and then five that convert and become, and then, and then they move on to the next thing. So, yeah, there's, you know, the tech, the how you staff the team, you know, whether you're going to spend a fifth of your, these programs have been largely overlooked too. The other thing is, I mean, the amount of times that we get introduced to someone who's managing the channel, who's never been in the channel before to me is fascinating. Like you don't usually get introduced to, hey, here's John, our new paid search manager. And just so you know, he's, he has not done paid search anymore, but he's excited to figure it out. Like <laughs> that happens in this channel every day because there isn't, a barometer of talent. There isn't a Google certification. There isn't a lot of that stuff. So there's a lot more demand than supply right now. So you mentioned the word spend. I mean, so that, I mean, that's obviously a piece of this is if you're going to look at this as a channel and a platform, and obviously there might be some tech, I mean, it's a budget item, isn't it? It's not just, we pay for performance. Yeah, it, it is. And one of the tricks is that, I mean, we try to argue that it should be a budgetless item. And I say that a little tongue in cheek, <laughs> but it, you know, the way most teams work is they set up budget for the quarter. If one channel's under or over, it borrows, begs and steals from the other channel to try to get the number. And then they revisit it the next quarter. You know, this is again, sales, like you, you have a budget for commissions, but if your sales team doubles the performance, you don't say we're out of the budget for commissions. Like that's crazy. <laughs> you say like, great for every dollar we're selling, it's costing us five. So, you know, there needs to be a new discussion with the finance team around looking at quality, you know, making sure there's not fraud, but saying, look, as long as we are getting what we want and we decided that we're willing to pay seven cents on the dollar, you know, we should spend seven cents on the dollar or $7 million on 
$100 million. It, it really shouldn't matter. So it has been hard for a lot of teams to, uh, I just seen some really poor decisions, particularly around Q3 or Q4, where people shut down their program because they ran out of budget. Yeah. And that's like firing your sales team because you're out of commission and saying, hey, well, you guys can't make any money in this quarter, but just stay around and you'll make money with us next quarter. Like, that would never fly. Right, 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 right. And now let's hear from our sponsor. Look, if you're tired of slowing down your teams with clunky software processes and marketing that is difficult to scale, HubSpot is here to help you and your business grow better. With collaboration tools and built-in SEO optimizations, a HubSpot CRM platform is tailor-made to help you scale your marketing with ease. Integrated calendars, tasks, and commenting help hybrid teams stay connected, while automated SEO recommendations intuitively optimize your webpage content for increased organic traffic. Ditch the difficult and dial up your marketing with tools that are easy to use and easy to scale. Learn how your business can grow better at HubSpot.com. So so let's go back to that. And maybe it's best done through an example, but we never really fully touched on it. How do you find good partners? Do, is there an example um, case that you'd like to maybe run through with us that you've worked with or that, that was in the book that kind of says, hey, here's what they did. Here's how it worked. Yeah. Here's how they went about it. Yeah, there was a, a, a case in the book around, again, thinking outside the box, working with Valpac on a performance basis to get to small businesses and you know, using them and having them use their reach and paying them on a conversion basis for getting people to sign up for a food delivery program. So again, looks more like a traditional business development deal, but executed across using the tools and technology and sort of you know outreach of a partner marketing campaign. Was that a new initiative or new innovation from Valpac, or is that actually a, an off-the-shelf product that they have? No, I, I you know, I, that I don't know. It was our team reaching out and saying, "Hey, how could we work together with uh, this food delivery service? You know, you have reach into these things. We have budget to spend on this." I, I, I think, yeah, it, one, you know, on the flip side of the coin, there are a lot of people out there, you know, look, who even are retailers looking to be publishers, saying. Hey, how else can I make money? Look, you just bought, you know, something from my baby store and then I show you four baby subscription services afterwards for which I get, you know, 30% of the first year revenue if you sign up for them. What's interesting is because obviously a lot of folks we deal with in the marketing, they're not normally tasked with generating revenue. But we're like, hey, if you put this in and you make money, you could take that money and then increase your budget for your own acquisition. And then they're a lot more interested. So let's talk about mistakes that people make. I, I'll share one that drives me crazy is, you know, you go and you make a I've, FTD. I, I ordered some flowers off the FTD site recently. And before I could actually get off of the site, you know, they offered me eight other things that were unrelated to my purchase. And it just felt like they were cramming crap down my throat. Yeah. That is is that an example of how not to do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want it to be relevant. You want it to be helpful. It'd be much better if you were buying a ticket to Seattle and yeah. in the post-purchase, it preloaded concerts in Seattle, restaurant reservations right. in Seattle, hotels right. in Seattle, where you're like, oh, this is all the stuff I wanted to do anyway. They've helped me with that. So yeah, to me, that's just more of, you know, do you Seth Godin? Stuff. That's like the interruption marketing stuff yep. and yeah. just like, how many swings can we take at it? And they're probably paid for impression. I mean, that stuff doesn't, no one likes that stuff. Yeah. So let's be honest. Yeah. So, so 
how how would somebody's listening to this? They're thinking I'm going to go pick up Bob's book. I mean, how would they get started? I know it's impossible to answer because every business yeah. is different. But essentially, well, how would somebody go about you know initiating something like this? Not, not to be self promotional, but look, the reason why a lot of agencies like Acceleration Partners exist is because people want to do this, but they don't know how to do it. Generally, right. if you have no idea how to do something, I find it's better to. Talk to someone who had it before. So whether you're recruiting someone to help launch a program in-house, the thing to do of saying, we want to do this, let's pull someone off our display team who've never done this before. We're not invented here, so let's figure it out ourselves. Like, I don't know. That You never want to make mistakes on, on your own. So, I mean, there's a big industry of agencies that specialize in this. They work with all the platforms. It's not necessarily outsourcing. They might work with the in-house team, but handle a lot of the externally facing aspects of the program, including how to use that software, recruiting the people, like getting them there. There's almost a customer service function. If you have a program with a thousand partners in it and it's cyber week, yeah. they need stuff and have requests on Saturday and Sunday and weekend. Most companies aren't staffed to really support that. So I, I, I look, there's some great in-house teams where people do stuff in-house. Generally, if you have no experience in something, I think it's good to find someone who does. Yeah, I guess in some ways, would you say that not apples to apples, but in some ways, this is like a sales force. How are you going to support this sales force, right? Yeah, we're like systems integrators, too. Yeah, we're experts yeah. in these platforms. People on our team know how to use these platforms. If you've never used them before, again, you can learn how to use it. But from the company's standpoint, yeah, these are digital marketing jobs. They're high yeah. turnover. 18 yeah. months is a career these days. So you get someone who knows the software, learns it, trained up builds relationships, they leave in 18 months, then you're kind of like starting over from zero again. What are some of the platforms that that people would probably encounter? Yeah, so like on the network side, you'd have the Ewin, CJ, Rocketon, mm -hmm. more traditional, a smaller side share sale. In the SaaS play that's growing, you've got Impact, Partnerized, uh, Partner Stack, and then there's a whole host of ones in the B2B space. So there's been kind of explosion in the software that allows you to track, measure, and pay in the partnership arena with some, you know, better in some verticals or countries or regions or stuff than others. But, you know, one of the main things, you know, paying out people in 100 countries or something is not yeah. trivial. So the large yeah, global yeah, companies yeah. that have figured out how to do that, yeah. you can just have your program globally and people can join from wherever in the world and your accounting team and finance team does not have to deal with that. Have you seen examples of service companies that may I use you for example how would a company like yours acceleration partners create a partner yeah you know we just did because the cobblers had no shoes so we went to <laughs> look like for an example we went to like a lot of people that we know like other agencies right publishers who see a lot of programs and they struggle and we're like look if you're trying to work with a program and the management sucks or they don't have any management like hey you can use this link send it to us we'll track it and you know we'd love to pay you for that so yeah, it could be used really in any context. And the technology now can track through Salesforce in addition to tracking through a cart. That's yeah. where some of the more B2B stuff comes. You know, It always yeah. usually be, had to be through a cart because they had to know you bought something. Right, but right, now right. I can send that into your Salesforce instance. It tracks it. And when someone on your team closes in Salesforce, it says, hey, that was Bob's you know, lead. You know, we owe him yeah. something. Yeah, so it's a, a pipeline deal at that point almost. So yeah. But I think the point of that really is I do think a lot of people, when they think of affiliate, they think of, you know, build a landing page, have an affiliate sign up, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, but I think in this, old, yeah, yeah, this those true, were all when, when all the 
that one of the affiliates were just professional marketers yeah. versus they were like people who have access to the audience that you want. Right. right. So imagine like a, just an IT shop and people are always asking about the kind of the reseller stuff. They're always asking about, you know, Google apps or this or otherwise. They just say, hey, here's how you sign up. You send it here. You use our code. It's all tracked. And, and then, you know, instead of being like a traditional kind of reseller partner, it's just it, the whole thing is more automated. But I love that idea of, the, of going into your CRM, though, because it then it becomes more of a true sort of curated network, you know, as opposed yeah. to just, hey, you know, all comers. And I think that there are a lot of companies out there that haven't considered it because that's their view, I think, of partnership marketing. Yeah. Again, marketers standing up landing pages. Versus yeah. If I told you, you know, that Craigslist was a massive publisher and, you know, yeah. years ago, like when we were working with a rideshare service, you know, we did a deal with job boards where they'd say, hey, when instead of a job, do you want to ride for Uber? And they'd make a fair amount of money when a driver signed up. Right. I think that's a very different. Yeah. And that's where partnership marketing is very different than what people remember as their sort of father's affiliate marketing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. ClickBank comes to mind, for example, yes. um, <laughs> as one of the early players in that. A lot of this acai berry and all this yeah. stuff. Look, if you're talking about stuff that's five to ten percent margin, you know, then that's pretty normal. The stuff where people are paying fifty percent affiliate commissions would imply that, like, it's a junky product that's being <laughs> like it's a cream that's being sold. You know, five dollar cream being sold for fifty dollars a month, so they had that much margin to play with. Like yeah, yeah. when someone's paying you a six to seven percent commission, that would imply like normal margins. You know, yeah. in, in whatever that product or service yeah. is. Yeah, good, good point, Bob. Uh, tell people where they can find out more about uh, your partnership work, as well as pick up a copy of Moving Outcomes. Sure, you can find out more about Acceleration Partners and our work. We got a lot of also free resources, one on one guides if you want to just learn more at accelerationpartners.com. Moving Outcomes is available everywhere books are sold and you can learn more at robertglazer.com slash outcomes. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking time to stop by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast and hopefully we'll see you one of these days soon out there on the road. Thanks, John. All right, so that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and you know we love those reviews and comments and just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the duct tape marketing system, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services? That's right. Check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that Offer Our System to Your Clients tab.